Welcome to Mormon Book Reviews, where an evangelical encounters the restoration. So folks, I'm very pleased to have back a very uh, good friend of mine, uh, Brent Ashworth, who's been on previously. And this is uh, going to be part of a series that we're going to be doing in which we uh, kind of discuss the various items of his collection that deal with his collection of Mormonism. But before we go there, uh, welcome to the uh, program, Brent. Thank you, Steve. It's good to be with you again. So um, basically what we do, I went to him, I said, listen, let's just do some segments where you're going to uh, have a document or an item that's Mormon related, and you're not going to tell me ahead of time what it is. So when he, when he puts it on the camera, you're, you, the audience will be the first time seeing it as will I. And so then it's just, he's going to talk about it and then I'm going to learn about it while he's talking about it. And then ask him questions and do some follow-ups and stuff like that. So I just uh, thought this is going to be like a really cool series. We're going to call it um, Show and Tell with Brent Ashworth. Uh, this is a wonderful book. Uh, it's a beautiful book. It talks about his, a lot of items in his personal collection. Um, and it tells his life story as well, which is really cool. Um, it kind of talks about his life as well as the items that he has. It's kind of a unique book. Um, there's not a whole lot of copies of these left, but I wanted to let people know that the uh, he's talking to his publisher about perhaps a paperback edition in the future. So keep that in mind. So Brent, today is uh, the first, possibly first episode of Show and Tell. So tell me what you got. Well, uh, I just picked some things at random, but I thought uh, they'd be interesting. The first one I have is a it's a piece of the original manuscript of the Book of Mormon, um, uh, which is one of the only pieces in private hands. Um, okay. For a number of years. Uh, it's uh, from, uh, it's the original other than the gold plate, which I yeah. keep hoping Moroni dropped one, but I've never found one. Uh, that uh, it's uh, from Alma 60, verses 6 through 8 on the one side. It's all in Oliver Cowdery's handwriting. And uh, the opposite side has verses 16 and 17 from Alma 60. Now, where that is in the uh, Book of Mormon, uh, and it's, it's hard to read uh, with a natural eye. And so uh, it's been, uh, uh, it's been uh, made more readable. Ah, good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, text uh, by ultraviolet. Uh, and uh, so we know the verses and so on. Um, and uh, it's from the section of the Book of Mormon, which is from the uh, letter of Captain Moroni, uh, written to uh, 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 to Pahoran, who's sitting on the uh, uh, the uh, judgment seat at the time. And uh, he's very irritated because uh, he says, you're not sending me help and support uh, in my fight out here. Uh, we know it is the miscommunication because uh, Warren in a few verses comes back to him with another letter and says, look, I got my hands full with the king, man. I can't send you anybody to help. Uh, so we call that the miscommunication. Uh, and uh, the church has actually used that uh, in lessons and other things over the year. But uh, this is the original, uh, the original manuscript that I hold in my hand. Okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you some questions about that. But let's just talk a little bit about the history of how... Uh, okay, so we only have what is about 28% or so of the original manuscript. That's correct. And mm -hmm. uh, basically, it was wa severe water damage because of the cornerstone. Uh, just talk a little bit how it got wow. there, well, that story. What happened was that uh, at the time in Nauvoo, there were no safes and such. And uh, Joseph Smith had had to uh, reacquire 
the uh, the manuscript, the original manuscript uh, from uh, several that had left the church, notably Oliver Cowdery and John Whitmer, among others. Uh, and he had kept it uh, uh, secreted from the members. They hadn't really seen it. They'd heard the story. Uh, they were all invited to a uh, fireside. Back then, we didn't have uh, churches. We built our temples first. Um, and so they would meet uh, down by the river. This was Nauvoo. So we meet down by the Mississippi uh, across the uh, from uh, where the uh, uh, Nauvoo homestead was that Joseph and Emma were living in at the time before the, the mansion was built up the street. Uh, so it's almost on the river's edge. In fact, that's where Joseph and, uh, and uh, Emma and Biteman are, are buried is right there. Uh, but um, across the street, uh, the, the saints were uh, told in a revelation, uh, asked by the Lord to build a hotel uh, called the uh, Nauvoo House. Uh, it was never actually completed, unlike the temple, which was completed before they left. But um, in 1841, uh, the prophet invited the saints to bring uh, anything they had to do uh, that had to do with their becoming members of the church to a special meeting down uh, by uh, the river, uh, the, the fireside place at that time, uh, where they were going to lay the cornerstone for the Nauvoo house. Um, and some people bought, brought pamphlets, for instance, uh, John Taylor brought some pamphlets that Parley Pratt had given him up in uh, Canada when he'd uh, joined uh, the church early on. Um, other people brought uh, scriptures or they brought uh, coins. I used to wonder when I read that, did people have to flip a coin to decide they're going to join the church? But no, uh, coins were rare on the frontier, a specie as they called it. And so the dates on the coins were significant you know, for one reason or another. They either were their baptism year or the year they were married or the year they were born or uh, their, their uh, special person in their life was born. So it was important. So coins were a sacrifice to put in the box, but they were put in there. Uh, and just as they're getting ready to close this thing up, Joseph says, wait a minute, boys, I've got something I want to put in there. And he crosses the street to the old homestead, his home, uh, and he brings back a, a pile of paper that's, uh, uh, that Ebenezer Robinson, who was later uh, editor of the Times and Seasons before John Taylor, uh, said was about uh, two feet, two, two feet and uh, uh, two and a half inches in depth and, and up to 40 inches of foolscaf. Uh, it was on legal size and foolscaf, which is about 40 inches. Uh, so it was a pretty good sized pile, about two and a half inches thick. And Joseph Smith said, this is the original dictated manuscript of the Book of Mormon. Now, I doubt very many people had, that were there at the meeting had ever seen it before, because hmm. uh, he never pulled it out, really, at that period of time. And uh, he said, I've had trouble enough with this. Uh, let's put it in the, uh, in the box. They didn't have a safe. So this hewn out cornerstone was going to be their first safe. And he thought it'd be safe. It was kind of an afterthought. Uh, there's even a book called uh, Trouble Enough, and it's not worth your trouble reading it. <laughs> Basically an anti-Mormon book, but they at least got the quote correct. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, so they put it in there. It was sealed in there with these other items for 41 years, from uh, 1841 to 1882. Now, you know, the prophet and Hiram were murdered at Carthage Jail on the 27th of June of 44. Uh, Emma stays there and remarries a guy by the name of Bideman. Uh, Louis Bideman. 
used to call him Vitamin until I ran into some family members. Uh, but at any rate, it's Louis Vitamin, and uh, they were married for a number of years. In fact, uh, uh, Emma died in 1879, and she was buried in the front yard, uh, not far from where her husband and Hiram were buried at one time, where they were. They found their uh, skeletons in 1928 and reburied them. Mm. And subsequently, uh, a more proper tomb has been installed in the 90s. Uh, where President Hinckley was back there for the dedication of the new Nauvoo Temple. But uh, Vitamin outlived her. She, she died in 1879, and he lived till uh, 1891. Well, it was, uh, they had built their home, uh, Emma and Louis Vitamin had built their home in the corner of the unfinished Nauvoo house, which took in the, uh, uh, the cornerstone. Uh, and so after her death, uh, Biden decided to do some remodeling, and in the process, he uncovered the cornerstone. Hmm. Uh, Emma's been been dead for a few years. Uh, Joseph and Hiram coached, of course, for a number of years. And water had leaked in from the Mississippi. The water table is pretty high, and um, even though Joseph said he had trouble enough and the thing would be safe there, it was not safe from the elements. And the elements destroyed uh, all but about 28%, which we, which we have today. Uh, and by the time, the better sheets were on the top, which was uh, uh, first Nephi on down. Uh, occasionally, the church will put a, uh, in fact, I think they rotate a sheet from the, the top of the manuscript pile at the church museum. But as you get back into, uh, down into Alma, there are very few sheets. In fact, it's just uh, fragments uh, from then on because the water pretty well damaged it. Now the book of Mosiah was requested, uh, no, it wasn't Mosiah, it was the uh, uh, book of Jacob, was requested by uh, Joseph Smith III of his, uh, of his stepfather uh, for his collection. And uh, supposedly Biedemann gave uh, Joseph Smith III the book of Jacob. From uh, the original manuscript? From the original manuscript. And, and does later, the Committee of Christ have that in their safe? No, it's, uh, when they were asked about it, they, uh, when he was asked about it later on, Joseph Smith III said, well, it, it crumbled in my hands, oh. uh, which is very possible because by the time you get down to that part in the book, uh, there's just fragments of the, of the manuscript. Do you think that was his favorite part of the Book of Mormon? That's why he well, asked possibly it. because you may recall Jacob had one man, one wife ah, yes. uh, in the marriage portion. So that's uh, why everybody thought he wanted Jacob. But mm -hmm. uh, when asked about it later, he said that it had basically crumbled in his hands. So mm -hmm. he, he didn't have it. Um, the original manuscript uh, was dug up by Biedemann and, uh, and Latter-day Saints who had lived in Nauvoo years before would travel through and uh, ask Biedemann, that knew about it, would ask Biedemann if he had any fragments. <laughs> and uh, and typically, uh, Biedemann would go to the back room and pull out what he had and maybe give them a few. Oh. Sarah, Kimball, Sarah Kimball, the lady that came up with the idea that the workmen on the Nauvoo Temple needed to have clothing, and she went to a Miss Cook who they took the idea to Emma Smith, who took it to the prophet. And out of that, we got the revelation of the Benevolent Relief Society of Nauvoo. Uh, so mm -hmm. the Relief Society was organized as a result of Sarah Kimball and, and Miss Cook's uh, inquiries to Emma, hmm. and Emma's inquiry to Joseph and Joseph to the Lord. Well, uh, um, she was there visiting her old house. Her, host, her home, Sarah Kimball's home, has been restored there in Nauvoo. 
Uh, it's one of the ones that was in a little better shape and it was restored. And she was one of the founders of the Relief Society. Well, um, she made visits back there to her old home, uh, pilgr pilgrimages, we call them, uh, and asked Biteman for any fragments he had, and he gave her quite a few. Uh, France, Franklin D. Richards, the early apostle, was uh, also church historian at one time for many years, and he would go back like when he was on his way to head up the British mission, European mission at one time. He'd stop in Nauvoo each time and pick up uh, pieces of the manuscript that he could from, uh, from Biteman. There was a Bishop Kessler from Salt Lake who got a half sheet. Uh, there's different tales about that half sheet. It's the only one that's at the University of Utah rather than at uh, the Church uh, Historical Library. Uh, the Church History Library has almost all of it. Uh, in fact, they encouraged their missionaries when they went through Nauvoo to go ask Biteman for some pieces. Uh, there's almost no fragments in private hands now. This fragment's one of the one of maybe two or three. Wow, so, so you're gonna you have to tell me you have to tell me how you got your hands on that, man. Well, it's a, it's kind of an interesting story, but it came down. Uh, Franklin Richards' family, uh, Charles C. Richards, his son, uh, was also church historian later. And in 1946, he had a little piece of this that hadn't been transferred to the church. There were uh, uh, some fragments, the last given to the church uh, uh, prior to this were in 1946. Uh, and the church news had a nice article about it. Uh, they were presenting uh, the pieces to President George Albert Smith, who was then president of the church. And uh, unfortunately, uh, the fragment that mine came out of was a bigger fragment originally who his daughter had taken to school was the story and showed it for show and tell. And only half of it came back. Uh. <laughs> and the other half has never been found, but this half came back and the uh, uh, Smith family, rather than turning, turning it over to the church, uh, it had kept it in another location or something and found it. Um, and in uh, right after the, uh, the Hoffman deal, I was uh, in 1987, 86, I had paid, you know, $25,000 for a phony page. It's the biggest page that I'm aware of that uh, the Hoffman had, uh, had created. Uh, and it was a phony page. Uh, and the church published it in the December 83 ensign, full, full page in that. Uh, big mistake. Anyway, we didn't know that at the time. Was that um, one that was in Martin Harris's handwriting by chance? No, it was no. It was, oh, it wouldn't have been. That's right. That was the lost one of those. But yeah. uh, <laughs> this one was uh, supposedly in Cowdery's. Okay. It looked identical to Cowdery. Cowdery's only the writing was smaller. Oh. And uh, in a lot of reading, I've done an awful lot of reading on forgers since then, and found that forgers tend to write smaller. Mm. So uh, you know, nothing surprising that way. What was surprising this year is that. Uh, uh, Royal Skousen, who put together the, uh, he's one you ought to interview, yeah. uh, who put together the uh, uh, the um, uh, uh, manuscript of the Book of Mormon for publication uh, for the First Presidency in recent years, um, came to me last. He knew about this little fragment, and so we've it's been in his book as uh, we own it. But uh, uh, but uh, he he came back to me wanting that forge page by Hoffman to put in some footnote to uh I says you really want that and he says yeah we have to we have to tag that now too you know put it in a footnote as a Hoffman forgery um so he came back in the spring and and uh they took uh uh you know a scan of that too 
but uh, but this little piece is well known. Um, it's uh, one of the only pieces not at the church. Uh, and then of course the Kessler half sheets at the University of Utah. Now I thought there were two sheets at the University of Chicago. Turns out those are forgeries, according to Hoffman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They oh, think, really? Think of forgeries that Hoffman's uh, sold to them for like a hundred thousand dollars. What Royal told me back then. I only paid twenty-five for my forgery. You got a bargain. I got a bargain. <laughs> and, uh, I got ripped pretty good. But anyway, the point is that uh, this little fragment is genuine, the one that I showed you, and it's one of the few outside the uh, the church uh, uh, in private hands. Uh, it used to be years ago that the church would bring us together. I got it in 1986-87 uh, period. Um, uh, it was offered to me. It had been offered to the church. Church didn't want to spend the money for it, so they uh, they sent it my way basically, uh, and so that's that's how I got it. It fits actually into a, a larger sheet, which they have the rest of it. So uh, it's kind of kind of unique in many many ways. Uh, haven't shown it very often, uh, but uh, it's a unique piece. And about every four or five years, when the equipment gets a little better, the church invites the two or three of us that have a fragment in private hands up to a little reunion and uh, they try out their latest piece of equipment on, <laughs> on scanning it. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So we've done that. Uh, I think the last time I went up to do that was about right before the pandemic in uh, 2019. Now we've talked in the past about you possibly looking at maybe doing some kind of like a museum or something. Um, yes. Well, we're talking to several groups. We're hoping with one group that we'll be able to get, uh, we're trying to get the, uh, the final IRS permission, you know, to move ahead, but they say the IRS is working from home the last two years. So yeah. our filing for the last two years has been slowed down. So I just, I, I'm just curious where this, where will this piece end up? Will eventually, will it end up in the church's hands or will this be something that would be in your museum? I don't know. I'm not sure yet. We've given the church a lot of things, about 130,000 items during the two donations. <laughs> I was at the church. Um, and we've given BYU thousands of items and also University of Utah, uh, quite a number of, of items and uh, UVU, uh, Utah Valley College University now. Uh, but uh, uh, we still have over a million items in this collection, and this is one of the choice ones. And yeah. I don't know if it'll go to the, at this point. The plan is to put it into the museum, so I'm not sure. I well, we I tried to help the church along the way. What what a great story! What a great piece you have there, Brent. Was there anything that you wanted to add to uh, to to the story? Just as it's a real remarkable thing, and uh, one of the one of the it, it seems to testify to the story that Joseph told, uh, and then that uh, Oliver Joseph said that that it was uh, translated by the gift and power of God. Um, Oliver Cowdery uh, said that he, uh, he took it down uh, as it fell from the lips of the prophet. Mm. And, uh, and it has every indication of that because there's no punctuation. It's, a, it's a, essentially the manuscripts, uh, the world's longest run on sentence. Okay. Mm. And uh, so it seems to, uh, uh, and even uh, some of the words are, are misspelled because uh, you know, it didn't come from a, an earlier ver version. Somebody was just taking it down as it fell from the lips of the prophet. So it's a fascinating tale. Uh, the, the manuscript, the fragments all seem to support the story uh, uh, that uh, Joseph and Oliver, uh, the main scribe, told. And that was it fell from the lips of the prophet, just as it came. Uh, and we know that Joseph Smith 
unlike uh, me, my 30 years as a, an attorney, I would ask the uh, secretary, well, now would you read me back this, what we wrote this morning so I can, you know, there's none of that in this manuscript. Joseph, uh, all the witnesses, including his wife and others that act as scribes, says, Joseph merely took up at the next word. Uh, you know, and, and went on with the So the, the type of uh, what we know of this translation story is testified to in these fragments. And, um, you know, and I kind of like that a lot. I think that's fun. Well, that's really fascinating. Well, Brent, I just want to uh, thank you for so much for doing this segment, uh, this continuing series of uh, talking uh, about show and tell, about items in your uh, collection. Uh, folks, I just want to remind you to like and subscribe and make sure you hit the notification button um, to be informed when a new episode uh, comes out. Uh, Brent, uh, thanks for doing this. You bet. Thank you, Steve.